Hey, I'm Elissa Nicole Trust, an actor and writer based in New York City. I'm Lauren Schaffel, an actor and producer also living in New York City. And, and we are Positive Creativity Podcast. Positive Creativity is a podcast where we speak with artists from all disciplines about how they got their start, what's inspiring them, and how they stay positive in the entertainment industry. We speak with artists based in New York, L.A., and beyond. Our goal is to give creative artists a platform to share their experiences and talk about their work. We hope that our listeners will enjoy the insights, stories, and perspectives from a diverse group of artists from all sides of the industry. Thanks for listening. Alyssa Haddad Chin is a playwright, screenwriter, and educator. Most recently, she was a 2022-2023 writing fellow at the Playwrights Realm. Fun fact, I met Alyssa at the Road Theater Company's Under Construction series, and we had a blast working on Alyssa's play called Gentlemen and Ladies. We loved hearing Alyssa's story of becoming a writer and discussing the power of comedy to make people laugh and also to speak truth to power. Alyssa describes her work as sitcoms on stage, and this makes a lot of sense as she is very funny, and so are her plays. We know you'll enjoy hearing her unique story of creating new work and what it's like to collaborate with a writer's group like the Playwrights Realm. Happy listening! Welcome, Alyssa. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your amazing podcast. Of course, of course. So I know that you've listened to a couple of episodes, so you know that we always start with this larger question, what is currently inspiring you? Yeah, I. this was the question where I was like, oh man, do I have something like exciting to say? Um, and so I was like really thinking about it. I think what's really been inspiring me right now is I'm in, I happen to be in a lot of different cohorts and groups. I know, Brad. Um, but like, I... I have just been feeling really energized and inspired by like being surrounded by other people, um, other writers, other amazing artists. Um, and I'm wondering, like, it's, it's something that I like was always excited about, but I feel like I'm seeing it through a new lens and like a new energy. And I'm wondering if it's like, this is kind of the first year quote unquote, post pandemic, where like, we're in more rooms and doing more things. And I'm just, I'm just really feeling the vibe of being surrounded by exciting up and coming artists right now. Yeah, I love that. Yes, I think there is kind of a sense, right? We've all come out of this really difficult few years. And I'm, I'm feeling that a lot too. And I think a, a lot of guests we've been talking to have been feeling similarly that there is this excitement and this kind of hope that we're able to be back in spaces together again. We're able to actually gather and see live theater again. And I love what you're describing of, of the joy of collaborating with different groups and people off of a, of, of a Zoom screen, right? Like you're finally able to kind of be with each other again. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, we're so such social beings and Zoom is not the same and it's it's just really yeah, energizing to be around other folks in general, but especially it's so nice to be surrounded by other like-minded artists and you know, a lot of us really thrive in a collaborative community and in a supportive community and we can learn from one another and I just love that that was your answer. I think that sometimes we're in this it feels like we're in this weird place where we're not acknowledging what happened over the last 3 years, but you're the second person in the last couple of weeks to be really feeling this this difference and this change. And I think that is because we weren't able to collaborate in that way for so long. Yeah. I, and I feel like, at least for me, and I'm sure others maybe can recognize and feel this way as well, but like, I'm finding like community in so many different places in so many different aspects of my being. Um, and just like enjoying that time with people, most of them happen to be artists. Um, but I feel like just the actual act of being in a place, spending time together. And yeah, because we're mostly theater artists, we are like sharing and collaborating over work um, at the same time. I'm just feeling inspired by just getting to brainstorm essentially with folks and honestly engaging in other people's work, even when it's not my own work. I'm kind of at the point right now where I'm like, I'm getting the notes and feedback I need on things. And I'm just like, I just want to read other people's things and see other people's pieces and just talk about that stuff. I'm, I'm just really jazzed about it right now. Ooh, yeah. I love that. That's such a generous giving mindset so lovely that's so kind I feel like maybe it's me being at capacity of my own work (laughs) so might be like a little selfish deep down but I do feel like I I feel like it is just uh that's very kind (laughs) I hope it's I hope it's a selfless act (laughs) yeah no it it definitely it definitely is and I think it's like like Alyssa and Alyssa, both of you were saying, it is a collaborative process. So it really is, you know, we have to surround ourselves with other other artists to really thrive, right? And just be able to, you know, hearing maybe or giving feedback to other people maybe inspires your own writing process and vice versa, right? It's just, yeah, I think it was really hard to be in a in a vacuum for so long, right? And I I hear you. This it's how refreshing it is to be in real time and be able to to give that to each other. It's I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So taking it back a little bit, can you tell us your story of becoming a writer for both stage and screen? Yeah, um I I had a really windy and weird path getting to like this place of what I would call a playwright slash screenwriter. Um, I was always sort of interested in writing. I 
remember, shout out to my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Selby, who is my Facebook friend and is very excited about all my kids. Um, so maybe she'll listen to this and be pumped. But I remember like literally going into kindergarten being like, I'm going to be an author. And she was like, great. Um, and I would like write little books, mostly about like princesses, like eating sandwiches and stuff, which yeah. excellent content. Um, and yeah, but then I kind of lost it. I was never really into theater. I actually, I was more an athlete growing up. Um, and I didn't quite bridge that Troy Bolton gap of being able to do both. Um, and so like, I really didn't find my way into theater or anything like that until I was an undergrad. And at the time I was studying history. I wanted to be a lawyer. Both my parents were like, that's truly not the path for you. And if your Arab father is saying, do not go to law school, you're going to be a pretty bad lawyer. Um, and I just like would not take the hint. And I was not doing well at school. I just, it wasn't for me. I wasn't, you know, succeeding in my classes or anything. I wasn't finding the fun, but fun in it the interest in it and at the time I was like I was just watching so much tv I was like binge watching every episode of SNL surrounding that I just kept being told like Alyssa you're so funny you need to go I I you know whatever but it was like the first time that I had kind of like recognized humor in my identity I guess that it was like being called out like you're a funny person and I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me maybe do something with that and explore that. And yeah, so I started doing improv and stand up. Um, I took a stand up class that was in this like <laughs> janky, like, uh, I went to school in Albany, New York. I'm from upstate New York. Um, I, in this janky, like, Albany, New York comedy club with this like, truly 200 year old like relic of comedy and um but he was like very helpful in teaching me like how to write jokes um specifically for the stage and uh I was doing so much improv which I I didn't really think either of those things were my calling they just didn't feel quite right mm. and I finally was just like, I can't, I was about to graduate. I was like, I can't go to law school. This isn't going to work. I need to figure something else out. And so I was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go and try to like hack it as a comedy writer. I would love to write for TV. Like that was the big goal. And um, one of my English professors, he was a playwright. Um, and he was, that was like kind of as close as we had to TV writers at the school that I went to. And he was like, okay, well, if you're gonna pursue this path, you need to write a pilot, write a spec script, and you need to very quickly, cause deadlines are coming up, submit them to grad schools, which um, was a very bold <laughs> choice. Uh, it was like a month before we, you know, before the deadline of grad schools. And he was like, it's NYU, the new school, 
Columbia, and then I looked at Columbia's app, at Columbia's application. I was just like, absolutely not. It's so long. And then the new school, I just kind of forgot about. I don't know what happened, but I so I only applied to NYU and like thankfully got in. And so on this long, long journey that I'm describing here, that's taking quite a while. I found they made us learn all three mediums plays film and tv and I was like plays yuck isn't that written by like all old dead dudes like I don't want to like know anything about Shakespeare I don't get the old English stuff like boo I just want to write my like fart joke sketches and like tv and have that be it and they didn't really care. <laughs> they made us learn plays. They made us go see plays. The first play I ever saw was Hand to God by uh, Robert oh, Askin. I and love that play. Excellent play. I fell in love immediately at that play. I was like this, wow, you could be like really, really darkly, deeply funny on stage um, and also not have to adhere to any formatting rules and also have a message at the end of it and attribute some meaning to the world I was like this is it um and that's kind of like how I fell into I identify primarily as a playwright at this point um and that's kind of how I fell into that path of like essentially staging sitcoms oh this is why, okay, I love that. Staging sitcoms is why I knew as soon as I read your play that we did at the road, I was like, I gel with this writing so hard. That that just, I love sitcoms and I, I grew up working in sitcoms. So this, this just opened a whole window to me. This, yes, yes, I see that. And that's awesome. That's all so awesome. And it's, First of all, so impressive that you were able to make a decision so quickly and decide to actually go to grad school for it. But I think it's also really cool that you had this quality to you, your humor and the fact that you're funny and that other people were able to reflect to you and that you were able to recognize in yourself and say, yeah, this is something that I want to pursue. And there were a lot of different paths that you could have taken. So it's really cool that you ended up in the writing space, but also really interesting that you've also take, done performing and yeah. stand up and all of that. And I think that definitely must inform your writing a lot. And I think something I always really love hearing on this podcast is everybody's different twists and turns and stories and that it isn't always linear and it isn't always like I knew from the time I was 10 that I was going to be this, you know, major playwright because it isn't always that way. And I think because it's so hard, sometimes it feels like you have to know for so long or you have to be pursuing it for so long, but that just isn't the case. And you have such a cool successful career and really didn't figure it out until you were basically done with college. So I think that's really inspiring. Thank you. That's, that's so true though. I do feel like for a while when I was first starting out, I did feel like a little insecure about the fact that like, 
I have, and I'm still very much like building so much of my theater knowledge. Like there are basic, basic musicals. I have no, I still have not, Phantom just closed. I still have not seen Phantom. I don't know what happens in Phantom, like at all. Can't, no spoilers, please. I'm still waiting it out. But, um, you know, I'll see it when it comes back. And I'm still like building my library and knowledge of like all things theater, which is exciting for me because I, I feel like I'm still, I'm like wide eye and bushy tailed, you know, coming into things. Yeah, definitely. I love that perspective. That's just, yeah, it's, I love that. Very refreshing to hear. Right. Um, cool. I have to ask, because you mentioned like your your parents kind of involvement in the process too. And like your dad being like, no, like you should not be a lawyer, like pursue, pursue what you love. Um, are they supportive still of your work? Do they come and see any of your shows or workshops? They're super supportive. I don't think my dad knows what I do. I think he's like very confused. My dad is a mechanic. He runs his own shop. He's amazing at what he does. He comes from a long line of like blue collar. My my grandfather was a farmer, a dairy farmer. Like they, it's a long line of people who like made their own way, worked with their hands. Um, Honestly, not that different from theater, like in terms of like making your own path. But like, I think he's very confused by it, but he is supportive. He's just like, I'll be like, dad, I got a a commission or a fellowship. And he'll be like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, thank you for keeping me humble. Um, <laughs> but, but my mom is like super, they're both very supportive, but my mom gets it a lot more. My grandmother, like, she would have like fully pursued this type of path had that been a thing that women did back then. Um, and my mom like fully gets it. We'll have like deep conversations about my work. Like she really, it feels like she's a fan a little bit, which is also like, thank you so much for your support. Like (laughs) we're, you know, number one fan. Um, but she, they're, they see my work when they can. Um, they did like a small like workshop production of my first play um, last year up where I'm from, which is Utica, New York, for folks who know where that is. Um, and they went to that. They're going to come see my reading at the Playwrights Realm next week, which I know this will probably air after that. But um, yeah, so they're excited about it when they get around when they get the opportunity. That's so cool. Yeah, that's so lovely. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> it is so hard for families sometimes to understand what it is that we're all doing here. Yep. But that's so beautiful <laughs> that they come and see your work and support it and that you're doing work in your hometown. I love that. Yeah. And there, you know, the beautiful thing about when people don't quite get what this is, is that they're also honest about it, which is like at the end of the day, our work is not necessarily for just our insular audience of like friends who get our 
you know, path and stuff. Um, like I went to the short film when I was first starting out, that was like very like absurd and, and weird and kind of like, it, it, it was like, what's the word I'm looking for? It was very like, absurdist. I don't know. Yeah. Like absurdist. And it didn't really have like, it wasn't like a clear plot line. Um, it was sort of like a huge metaphor that like you either got or you didn't. And he literally saw it screened and he was just like, I didn't get the movie at all. And I was like, excellent. Thanks for your feedback. You know, <laughs> like, and it wasn't like in a mean way. He was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And I was like, excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that also speaks volumes of, of you and of you as an artist. Because some people, I feel like me personally, if my parents said that to me and was like, I don't get what you do. I'd be like, well, F you. Like, what? Like, I put my, what? <laughs> like, so, no, so I, I think um, that's also just an admirable quality that you're able to hear that and just be like, all right, cool. Like, maybe this is not for everyone and that is fine and part of the process. Like, but I made something that I'm proud of and excited about and that is cool. Like, whatever. So I think it's a nice <laughs> reminder, like we can't, we can't take things so personally in this business, even though it can feel very tempting, right? To be like, this is my art. This is my baby. Like you have to, you have to appreciate and understand, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah that's so true. And I, I, I do think like, I mean, this particular film was like very much like almost a sketch. It was like a weird concept. I think if he like, saw one of my plays that are like very identity driven and like, you know, uh, very much a reflection and a mirror of myself. And he was like, I don't get it. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Right. Like, I think that would hit a little more, sure. but um, yeah, no, I do try to like separate for sure. But it's hard. It's, it's hard to, to take yourself out of it and, and the, you know, the love and care out of it sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's hard to remember that your work is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially, true. you know, um, and there are pe- people in our lives that we really care about who our work is not for. And yep. it's it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And also I feel like it's like, if your work is for everybody, then it's not necessarily doing what you might want it to. Like, I feel like in my work in particular, a lot of it anyway, I feel like I'm like trying to speak to an audience that like maybe doesn't see themselves and a whole lot of the time, um, especially in the work that like is reflective of like an, an Arab American story. Um, and so like, I want that work to be for that audience in that community and like amazing if other people like it. And like, I do think a lot of it's very relatable and comes from a relatable lens, but like, if it's not for everybody, then like, great. There's something else that is for you then, you know, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, really lovely. And I totally agree with that. And um, so I want to hear a little bit more about your work. Is there anything that you're currently working on that you can share with us? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a few things. Um, the biggest thing going on right now is um, I'm, I will be tomorrow stepping into rehearsals for uh, my play that has been being developed at the Playwrights Realm for the past nine months. Um, I'm a writing fellow there. It's called the Ancestry.com play. Uh, and that's like an interesting comedy about <laughs> diving into uh, a group of three childhood friends who all take a DNA test to varying degrees of enthusiasm. Um, huh. And it kind of follows their journey. And with the, uh, grappling that they each do with their individual identities through through the results of those tests um but mostly follows this woman samia who is an arab american woman who never knew her father and has a very difficult slash uh secretive relationship with her mother mm, that's so fascinating yeah i was i think i maybe read that on your website or in your play exchange yeah, yeah. or something that is a fascinating storyline i agree have to see this this is so cool please please come <laughs> yeah where is it in, where oh you said the playwrights realm um i'm on their their mailing list so i i will make it happen <laughs> amazing yeah i'll i'll send you details too because i'm like every nice people please come because i'm gonna be a mess but uh, yeah that's like the main thing that I've been very focused on right now I'm also working with um Moxie Arts Incubator um they're this amazing cohort of people who uh who are entirely from uh marginalized historically marginalized genders um and their whole and they focus on plays that are surrounding women um, so I'm working on a play there called You Should Be So Lucky, which is about um, a grandmother who invites her granddaughter over to make dumplings, teaching her how to make dumplings for the Lunar New Year. Um, and it sort of surrounds the gentrification of Manhattan, specifically Manhattan's Chinatown um, that's currently taking place. Um, and these are all comedies. They sound very sad. I like to describe my work as like, 90% of the play is a comedy and like the last 10 minutes you're, you'll probably be unwell but other than that uh yeah yeah from what I've read of, of your work so far yes that that totally that's a perfect description that like sucker punch at the at the end when you're like we're laughing along and all of a sudden whoa that took a real dark turn and I, I love that <laughs> I love that so much Smart, like very smart, dark, dark comedy. I would say you're very highly skilled at 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 that. Thank you. Yeah, I I am super interested in folks who do that really well. I think it's such a brilliant um, device. Yeah. Yeah, and it really does take a lot of skill to write about these very serious topics in a comedic way. So kudos to you. I think it's, thank you. I think it's like the best way to like get a point across. Like if you have a story to tell and you're trying to like bring attention to something, I think the 
and maybe it's also like the easiest way. I think it, if people can laugh at it, that's the quickest way you're going to get people to bond together in a room. One hundred percent. Yeah, the yeah. power of comedy, right? The power that that has to kind of call out truths and also, um, exactly, bond people together, but also raise awareness, right, of the issue at hand. Um, yes, 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 yes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned the playwrights realm. Can you talk about your experience of being a writing fellow? What does that mean? What does it mean to have a nine month process incubating a play? We would love to hear all about it. Yeah. Um, being a part of the playwrights realm has been truly such a dream. It's been, it's kind of the thing that has made me feel like, Oh, I'm a real playwright now. Um, and it, it's been really great because the people there are all in service to your specific play and your specific vision. Um, they get to know you as a human and like the stories that you like to tell. Um, and they, the feedback that you get in that nine month process, because you essentially bring in a play that has a draft and maybe you're not sure where to go from there. Like for my draft in particular, I had started it from a pitch of an idea at um, Art House Productions, which is a Jersey, amazing Jersey City-based incubator process, another nine-month process. Um, but like we were in residence there right as COVID hit. And it kind of felt wild to be talking about an identity-based play when like people were dying and we were cheering on healthcare workers you know like mm -hmm. it was really weird for me to be like but I'm white passing you know it was like it just made no sense to me and I could, truly could not get past um like page 40 or whatever I was on I would sit there every day trying to work on it and so the play needed some new eyes to help guide it and now I'm so proud of where I, I could have never two years ago three years ago thought that the play would be where it is now um and like the cohort that is there are every single writer I'm such a fan of their work um Andrea Ambam Alex Lynn Jesse Jehoon these writers are absolutely incredible writing stories that are really really important and also at the same time really funny and weird and goofy and um it's just been such a privilege to to work there and spend nine months with again what i'm inspired by like being with exciting artists like getting to do that for nine months and and be paid to be there to learn from really smart fun people is like such a gift especially in theater so That's cool. Wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's so important to be able to create amongst artists who inspire you. And it's so cool that you found so many different cohorts and places to develop your work. And I also find it so amusing that these 
incubator processes are often nine months and it takes the same amount of time to birth a human being that it does to birth a story. And I, I totally get it. I, I understand the nine months. <laughs> is, that, is that why? Is it connected to that? I wonder no. if it's like a metaphor they're going for because they are truly all like, I think even under construction, which is oh, you're right. more and where we met at the road, I think that was also nine months. Nine months. So I don't know if it's like oh. a sweet spot or. Wow. I literally just put that together. That is wild. <laughs> Maybe not definitely intentional, but also it's kind of the length of a school year. I don't know. I just kind of found it amusing. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I mean, I've been very lucky to be in a lot of these like incubator-esque cohorts. Um, for me, that's the best way to like devise new work. And mm. um, thankfully, I keep getting let in. And they're literally always nine months. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's like, a, if there's a meeting or something, but yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, but cool. Yeah. I could understand, right. That it's nice to have that, those communities. Um, it's probably also nice to write, to have people to, it, it like holds you accountable. Right. Cause you're like, okay, if we're meeting in a few weeks, like I have to, you know, have the next draft or the next, you know, this written. So I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. It, um, each one is so different, but when they're good and I've been in a few that haven't been, but that most 95% have been really, really excellent. Um, and when they are, you just become fans of your fellow writers there. Um, I, I feel like now, you know, I'm a week out from showing this play at the playwrights realm to, to people. And so I'm a little sentimental about the whole thing. Um, But everyone from past cohorts have been so supportive um, it's going to be like a reunion there because they're all excited to come. So many of them are excited to come. And it's, I'm excited to do that for them when they have their things up. And it's just, you, you literally spend nine months with someone. So yeah. it, it's, it's, it keeps you accountable, not just because your pages are going to be read and you have to have work there, but you also are like, you're in a friendly competition with people. And you're excited by what they're doing. So you're like, I want them to be excited by my stuff too, because, you know, it's fun to, we do it for the fun of it. Right. And so it's like, it's fun to get to share. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's such a, a well phrased way of saying it. Right. And I think it's, is relatable to all artists, a sense of friendly competition, not for the sense that you're, you know, competing for like the next, um, the next fellowship or the next, you know, reading or production or whatever, but it's no, it's more of the excitement that like, wow, we're all kind of, we're all doing this. We're all, um, excited to, to just show up and see, you know, what, 
awesome things people are putting out there what great work the next friend or playwright is doing like yeah that's that's cool yeah yeah and you can just learn so much from each other and having that community and knowing so many people who are trying to do the type of work that you're doing is so important in this business like how many times does somebody reach out to you about something and you say that you're not available for it but you know someone else who is or oh that I'm not really doing that kind of work anymore but this other person who's more up and coming would be so great for you to connect with and I just think that's so lovely that you're feeling that support from all sides and yeah I've I've heard the term before uh worthy rival um and I Yeah. And I kind of like that. It, you know, it's when you think about your contemporaries in, in the industry, because it's more like you're striving to do the type of work that your worthy rival is doing versus being in competition with them. Yes. Yeah. That's such a great phrase. I feel like I feel like too, I had a thought and now I like forgot what it was. Um, So forgive me. That's it. Oh, I I feel like it's the thing of two of like, like last year I was a finalist for the playwrights realm and I didn't get it. And I remember last year being like, I, that was my opportunity and I didn't get it. And so that's that. And so now to be sitting here a year later, I was like, it was such a learning experience because for me, it was like, okay, it wasn't meant to be for that play. And now I know why it wasn't meant to be for that play. And also like I was meant to be with this specific cohort um, and things work, things happen to people at like the right time. Like if a friend of now, especially after, you know, it's such a good reminder for me. It's like, if I see a friend get something and I'm like, man, I really wanted to get that thing. Well, it's their time right now. And like your time will come for like whatever you're meant to be doing. Um, And I know that sounds a little like woo woo, but it has been um, kind of a great reminder to just be like, the things work out the way they're supposed to work out. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who you're, genuinely excited to surround yourself with because you're excited by their work or the fact that they're nice human um and that was the other thought I had which was when I was in school at NYU they were like one of the big things their big tip for us was to be nice to people and I remember thinking like what a bizarre thing to have to yes (laughs) share like thank you I'm so thrilled I'm paying all this money to be told to be nice um But I get that now because it's not just being, I don't think they meant like, oh, just be fake nice and be nice to people. I think they meant exactly what you said, Alyssa, which is, oh, I know this person who would be a great fit for this thing for you. And like, Mm -hmm. let's all, it's building the community. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And letting other people also inspire you, right? If you see somebody's play and you feel like, whoa, that's at a really high, amazing level, like, what can I take or what can I steal, borrow um, to transform like my play, my art and vice versa? 
Like, I feel like there's some of that to it too, where you can, um, maybe not a sense of like competition or rivalry, but it's like, how can we, how can we like borrow certain elements to, to elevate our own stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've had that experience, like sitting even, you know, in an acting class and you're like, wow, what is it that's so compelling about like what this person is doing? Is it just, you know, that they don't make eye contact so much? You're like, wow, that's something I'm going to try the next time I'm in, in front of a camera. Like who did just little things like that. You can allow yourself to just be inspired by, by other people's um, choices. Definitely. Yeah. Like give people, I feel like just like give people their flowers when it's time to give them their flowers and it doesn't take away from your flowers. Like the flowers are still growing regardless. They're going to grow no matter what. So hand them out freely. I love that. Ooh, I love that metaphor of the flowers. Yeah. Here at Positive Creativity Podcast, we very much believe in paying it forward. So I'm probably going to now <laughs> use that all the time. Um I think we should give out flowers, Alyssa. We should. I feel (laughs) truly, you know, another, I, now I'm in my playwright mode with my metaphors. I feel very (laughs) honored that that felt right. Definitely. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I want to be mindful of time since we are, we're coming close to, to the end, um, we did want to ask you about your writing process. How how do you go from getting an idea of something to write to actually getting it down on the page? Oh God, it always is different. Um, Lauren and I worked on a, a Lauren acted in a play that I was working on and is still very much in early development called Gentlemen and Ladies. And it surrounds um, a men's rights activist group played entirely by like women in drag, non-binary people in drag, just essentially non-male identifying people in drag, uh, in cis male drag. And it's, a satire and it's, you know, until it's not again. Mm-hmm. And uh, that idea just came from, oh, I thought, I think it'd be funny to like write this. Um, and so like, that's kind of where it's, so I just was picturing like a sad, like YMCA sort of like, you know, support group. And I was like, oh, that'd be funny on stage. So let's just, I guess, get these <laughs> people in a room and like have them talk to each other. And I guess that's sort of where like I typically start with things is like, if I'm interested in a character or an idea, I'll be like, okay, well, who's in the room and let's just have them start talking. Um, my plays are very like dialogue driven. Like I said, they're sitcoms on stage, like typically how I view them. So it's just very character heavy uh, I I feel like I need to know or at least be interested in exploring the characters first and then the plot kind of comes. Ooh, yeah. love oh. that. That's so cool. Um, it's really interesting to hear because um, I'm also a playwright and it's just so different from my own process. So, um 
Yeah, I thank you for answering that question. And um, just you hear, the more that I hear you talk about your work, the more it makes me excited about actually experiencing your work. Thank you. What is your process? If I'm able to add, you've probably answered it on this podcast, but I'm so curious. No, I haven't. Honestly, I, I'm so embarrassed to even like tell you what my process is. It's like non-existent. Um, I will come up with an idea, think about it in the shower for several months. Then I will finally outline it and I'm like pretty intense with my outlines and then I will sit down to write it and it and just totally completely stray from the outline and then I'll do a reading of some sort and I'll realize that it needs some more structure and then I'll go back and edit it for many months before I do it again (laughs) Um, sorry that was a bit of a self-deprecating answer and not fully fully honest but um it's Um, yeah, I would say that it's like a variation of what I just described. (laughs) It honestly sounds very, uh, structured and helpful. It feels like you, like from the other side of things and I'm getting, you get shit done energy from it. So, you know. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I don't know. I don't know because of the several months of thinking about it in the shower before it gets to the page. <laughs> it doesn't feel that way, but I appreciate that. Well, Alyssa, this has been so awesome. Uh, it's just been great getting to hear more of your story and your process. And thank you for, for answering so honestly and openly. Uh, it's just, yeah, I'm excited to, to read more of yours, more of your stuff and see more of your stuff. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm truly so grateful to be here and and speak with you both. Thank you so much. And if people are looking for what, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but I will probably have things going on. So please go to my website, which is AlyssaHadad.com. <laughs> Shameless we'll plug. In, yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. We'll make sure that all all your stuff is there. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. I'm so inspired by our conversation and just really excited to have connected with you. Me too. Thank you so much. And let's, let's hang in Brooklyn sometime. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Let's do it. Thank you so much for listening. We always love hearing from you. You can email us at positivecreativitypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at positivecreativitypodcast. And for more info on our guest today, please view the show notes. Join us next time on Positive Creativity Podcast.